The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. It's time to stop focusing on business problems and start focusing on the growth and leadership of your business. Welcome to The Business Edge with your host, Marsha Zeidel. Learn to create a growth agenda to get your business on the right track and keep it there. Rev up your growth engine with exceptional talent and develop the right kind of leadership to move it forward fast. Now, here is Marsha Zeidel. Welcome to the Business Edge, giving practical advice to entrepreneurs and business leaders and how to take your company, firm, or practice to that next level with less stress and more success. In other words, how to take the growing pains out of growth. I'm Marcia Zeidel, your Smart Moves Coach, getting you on the right track, keeping you on the right track, and making sure you don't get sidetracked. Let's start with a Smart Moves quote. Charles Darwin said, It's not the strongest of the species that survives, nor the most intelligent, but the ones most responsive to change. Do you know what changes are around the corner, and are you and your business ready for them? For example, who are these millennials we hear about, and how are they changing the world? To answer these and other questions is T. Scott Gross, the author of the management classic Positively Outrageous Service. He will help us decipher this first all-digital di- generation, who they are, what makes them tick, and what are the new sets of rules they play by. If you are in business and want to stay that way, Scott says you need to know how to sell, how to serve, and how to stand out when millennials rule the world. And we'll find out why he says they may be the greatest generation. Welcome, Scott. It's a pleasure to have you on the business edge. The pleasure is mine. Okay, let's just start from the beginning. Uh, what is a millennial, and why should we care? Well, you better care because uh, they are about to run the world. So um, they're going to be your boss if they aren't already. And a millennial is probably the last nameable generation, if, depending on how you define a generation. Mm-hmm. Uh, I took all of X and a little piece of Y, or a little piece of X and all of Y, and it's essentially anybody born after 1975. But you can't... Uh, you can't determine someone's generation by their birth here. But essentially, after the world ter- became a digital world, that's the millennial generation. Okay. And um, so you define them as basically uh, they're, they're the, their world is a digital world. Is there any other way, any other characteristics of millennials that define oh. them? They have tons of characteristics, but... Essentially, I think we really need to talk first about the, the definition of a generation. When, when I was a kid, back in uh, third grade, which would probably would have been about 1958 for me, uh, Miss Alberta Allen said, and if she <laughs> said it, it must be true, um, that there are four generations to a century, 25 years a pop. 
in 1958, she was probably right, but I don't think we can define a generation by uh, time anymore. We have to define it by values and experiences. And I think your generation is defined by your, the values and experiences that you've had that have shaped you as anchored perhaps by the, the media of your youth. So you're the music, the books, movies, uh, those serve, serve as anchors. Uh, for your values and experiences, and, and those in turn become um, the definition of your generation. So it's entirely possible, not too likely, but it's entirely possible that you could be uh, uh, you could be 20 or 40 or even 60 and still be a millennial. Wow, that is interesting. Um, you know, uh, I'm sure you've done some research um, into the millennial generation and where they're going and what they believe in and what their values are and everything you just mentioned. But um, what surprised you about them? Oh, golly, there are a lot of things that surprised me about millennials. Uh, one is how much media they they actually ingest. Uh, they're, they're almost uh, media, I don't know, what addicts, I suppose you could say that. Uh, the thing that, that, that also kind of disappointed me about millennials is that they do seem to, to feel very um, entitled. Mm-hmm. They, they, they don't see any reason why. Well, as a matter of fact, let me just give you what I call the, the millennial mantra. It's my way, right away, why pay? They want it their way, when they want it, how they want it. They frankly don't see any reason why they should have to pay you for, for doing it. Well, I know we're going to get later on into how do you manage the, the millennials and how do you sell to the millennials, but let's still stay with a couple of things that, you know, you had mentioned to me that surprised you. Um, I, one of the things you, you mentioned is that millennials redefined intimacy. Uh, can you talk a bit about that? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, back about 1972 or so, a fellow by the name of John Naisbitt wrote a, wrote a book called uh, Megatrends. You probably read it. I know I did. A lot of people did. It was really quite the hit. And uh, one of the things that Naisbitt said was is that high tech would require high touch balance. What he was saying, and he was right, at, of course, in the 70s was where we, we became digital. Uh, but essentially what he was saying is, is, or he felt, and he was probably right at the time, but he felt that when we had so much time spent in front of uh, then CRTs, if you remember what those are, big old uh, vacuum tube uh, monitors. But he said that when we had so much meat, uh, high tech in our life, that we would be psychologically compelled to balance it out with high touch. And I think he was right then, but now to the millennial generation, to them, high tech is high touch. Um, we did, um, you, you said I've probably done some research on millennials. Yes, out the wazoo and a lot of uh, hands-on research at that. But um, in Naisbeth's in, in, uh, in time, time, he, he said we're gonna, we're, we just couldn't take so much high-tech. But I'll give you a good example. We were doing a, a focus group of some millennial uh, young people, and uh, one, of the, one of the attendees said something that kind of surprised me. She said, my husband doesn't like to talk much but he does like to text. And three or four or five times a day, he will text her as saying, I love you, babe. Well, to a boomer, you know, sending somebody a text to tell, tell them <laughs> you love them, 
it's hardly romantic. But to um, a millennial, yeah, that's just about as warm and fuzzy as you're going to get. Well, you know, it's funny because you remind me um, of uh, one of my uh, children. And I remember saying to her, because she texts me all the time, pick up the darn phone, you know, let me hear your voice. And I think this is the real difference between the boomers and the millennials. And, um, you know, if, if, and I think it's a matter of trying to not only understand them, but to accept where they are. And I know that this may be difficult for boomers. Um, let's go on to, um, you know, another thing you said to me that surprised, um, that the differences are not as great as we have been told. So, you know, we talked about the differences. We focus on the differences. What are some of the similarities or what are the things that we have in common, those of us of a different generation with the millennials? Well, let me say kind of as a prelude to your answer, uh, Uh it it used to be, and it hasn't been that many years ago, that uh, if you were a boomer, the chances are that your VCR was flashing Zero 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 or twelve oh oh one of the two, and 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 we said then, well, if you have trouble with your tech, find yourself a good sixth grader, and they'll show you how it's done, and, and that that was true five or ten years ago. But today, the boomers are catching up. My eighty-one, she's hardly a boomer, but my eighty-one-year-old mother uh, told me the other day about a conversation she and one of her lady friends had about wireless. Uh, uh, what would you call them? Uh, what wireless? Uh, uh, yeah, yeah. I had a brain. smartphones. You're talking about smartphones? No, no. She a router, a wireless oh, router oh, to put right. uh, uh, Wi-Fi in your house. I'm sorry, it just slipped my mind. Um, but the point is, is that you've got two 80-year-olds. Uh, they're talking about wireless routers. I- I'm telling you, the differences between the the, uh, the generations are getting smaller and smaller and smaller. And I also think that there is. Not only is it getting smaller, but that they each can appreciate what the other brings to the table. And um, is that something that you've you've noticed that the uh, 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 that these generations can appreciate uh, what each brings to the table? Well, yeah, and and, that, and it's really refreshing too because the the uh, millennials are so much more open-minded. I happen to have Parkinson. And uh, it's not my favorite thing, but I've got it, and so what? And when I go out and speak, the audiences uh, most accepting are the the millennial audiences. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Surprisingly, you would think, well, the the older people, the boomers, they have friends, they know people who have Parkinson, they can relate. Well, that's not necessarily true. It's the millennials that say, you know, hang in there, we're with you. They're they're really cool. With okay. with millennials, there are no isms, there are no is. None of that. They are, you, you pretty much, uh, they accept you for who you are. And that's a great thing. Well, great. And, you know, that takes us to our next question, because I teased the um, the listeners in the beginning. You say the millennials may be the greatest generation. What do you mean by that? And why do you say that? Well, I, what I mean by it is, is that they are actually... And I don't know. Some people think they're in, they're enti- they feel entitled. Some people feel that they're selfish. Some people think that they're ignorant and uneducated. And they're probably all four of those things. But the truth of the matter is, uh, millennials are asking for things that we probably should have done years ago anyway. Mm-hmm. For example, 
Well, for example, millennials um, uh, in a work environment, they think that they should have the right to walk right into the boss's office without an appointment, without a, a schedule, without a knocking on the door. They, they think that their ideas are great ideas and that you ought to listen to them. And you know what? They're probably right. Mm-hmm. And, and some other things, uh, for example, with millennials, um, I remember when I was a kid, my dad worked for International Harvester, the farm equipment people. Mm-hmm. When we would um, um, drive through central Ohio on, on weekends, we'd pass an IH dealership, and we would literally turn and salute, and, and we'd all sing hail to the chief. We gave loyalty because... Because uh, millennials don't do that. With millennials, you have to earn their loyalty. And I think that's a good thing, too. You know, I really do think that that's good. And um, we're going to take a quick break now. But when we come back, listeners, um, there may be one or two other things that Scott will say about what, why the millennials are the greatest generation. And then we're going to move into why should we be concerned about the millennials. So stay tuned. It's time for a break. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Where will your business be five years from now? Will you be soaring or just getting by? Of course you want to grow and prosper, but with growth comes bigger headaches. More hiring, more capital, more customers to satisfy, more plates to juggle, more stress, and more demands on your time. Yes, there is a solution. It's the Smart Growth System, created by Marsha Zidal, executive coach to business leaders. It will give you the tools to take the growing pains out of growth. Get a free consultation and assessment from Marsha, M-A-R-C-I-A, at smartmovescoach.com. There's a saying, if you do what you've always done, you'll get what you've always gotten. Are you satisfied with what you're getting? Are you ready to get something different? To get the business edge, bring Marsha Zidal, the Smart Moves author and professional speaker, to your next meeting, conference, or retreat. What you get is more than just stories and motivation. Marsha delivers big ideas with big impact to fast-track your business and your leadership. Schedule your next keynote or presentation now at Marsha, M-A-R-C-I-A, at smartmovescoach.com. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You are tuned into The Business Edge with Marsha Zidal. To reach Marsha or her guests on today's show, please call 1 866 472 5790. That's 1 866 472 5790. You can also send us an email to Marsha at smartmovescoach.com. Now, back to The Business Edge. Welcome back to The Business Edge. This is Marsha Zidal, your Smart Moves Coach. You're listening to uh, Scott Gross talk about um, the insights into the millennial generation, how to sell, serve, and stand out. Uh, So, Scott... I would like to ask you this question because it really intrigued me, um, which is um, you created a stir with an article titled Millennials Divorce Marriage. Tell me about that. The potential of being the most uh, 
dangerous generation of all time. And, part, and, and the reason for that is, well, let me give you a statistic. In uh, 1960, I believe it was 11% of school-aged children came from a home uh, where there was no dad. By 2010, that number had increased almost threefold to 29%. In the in the uh, African American communities, seventy one percent I believe that's that's correct seventy one percent of school aged children come from homes where there is no dad. Well, I said earlier in our interview that your generation is determined by your values and experiences. Well, where are do you, or do you think these young kids are getting their values and their experiences? Now, I'm not saying anything at all negative about single moms. Um, mm-hmm. They do a fine job. But the facts remain. Well, just ask yourself this question. Does, is there any value to having a dad in the house? If you think no, then you're fine. But if you think it's important to have uh, a strong male figure in the house, uh, then we're in trouble because the millennials have uh, marginalized the American male. They are uh, not marrying. If, uh, they're marrying late if they marry at all. And I think well, it's extremely dangerous. Okay, well, you know, that's quite controversial, and I'm sure if we had other people on, uh, we could talk about that. But, yeah, I really like to, since this is the uh, uh, business-focused, um, let's let's move into the business and management aspects about it. So um, my first question to you is, why do we have to be concerned about the millennials? You, you said to me something about the Jenny coefficient and dis- disappearing jobs and the educational system. So talk a bit about that. Okay, but first I'm going to put a bow on what I said about the, the dads. Yes. I am, I am right. And not only am I right, but you, you've got to understand that when people come to work, they bring with them their values. Of course, and it's, of course. And it's a huge clash of values between uh, the millennials and, and uh, society as we know it right this instant, so to speak. Okay. And I'm sure that we can, you know, maybe move to that and how it affects the workplace. But um, going back to my question, uh, why do we have to be concerned about the millennials? Well, we have to be concerned because they have these, these different sets of values. They think that they should have uh, high wages. They think that they should have work their, on, on their hours, not yours. They don't want to work on customer time. They want to work on their time. They don't automatically uh, give you loyalty. They, they don't like um, – uh, they, they think everything should be fun. Uh, that's, that's a huge change from the way things are right this instant. Right. And you also said something about the Gini coefficient. What is that? Yeah, that's actually Gini, – the Gini was actually a um, – I'm not even sure that's how you pronounce it, but he was an uh, Italian demographer and statistician. And what he noticed was is that as uh, – the relative age of a community or a country gets lower, and the differences between the very rich and the very poor get greater. Mm-hmm. You have you have um, well, you have the conditions, for example, that cause the Arab Spring. Mm-hmm. Those, are, mm-hmm. if you look in the Middle East, you've got this huge, huge population of of young people, unemployed, mm-hmm. no prospects. And young people, and that is an absolute uh, recipe for revolution. And mm. interestingly enough, the, 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 the coefficient, and it's, it's uh, 
too complicated for me to, to describe it right this instant. But the coefficient uh, for, for the United States and Great Britain is almost the same as it was in Egypt. Mm, interesting. Can we now move to, um, you know, uh, management? Many of the listeners out there are business owners, business leaders, uh, uh, managers. They will be dealing with this generation. So uh, what's the best way for them to respond to the millennial workforce? Well, that's a big question, right? That's a huge question. So I'm not sure that there is a best way to respond. Other than to say that you probably ought to get to know them. Okay. Um, and, and you have to, you uh, might want to read my book, as a matter of fact, because it'll tell you exactly in there in the book what it is about them that makes them uh, so confounding. Um, you I know, think you... one of the things that, uh, pardon me, but I think one of the things that um, that we have to pay attention to is that the millennials are, um, they really think they should have it their way. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And we have a tendency, you look in the media, you look anywhere, and people are always saying, well, they, they think they're entitled. They think that they, they should have something without earning it. And that's, mm-hmm. that's true. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, you also mentioned to me uh, three, the three Fs, feedback, flexibility, freedom. Uh, what, do, you know, what, what does this mean for managers? How can managers use the, these three Fs to better respond to the millennial workforce? Oh, I'm glad you mentioned that because I had forgotten that was even in the darn book. Uh, feedback. Millennials want to know what the score is all the time. Mm-hmm. And, and that's a great way to manage, by the way. We should be doing that. We've, and the, really, the, 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 the corporations, the businesses where people do really well, where there are high-performance teams, one of the characteristics that you'll see is that they always know what the score is. So mm-hmm. feedback is critical. Uh, flexibility. Uh, they, they will give and they will take. Uh, millenn- millennials will work um, a weekend, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but they want, they want you to trade them off something else. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, so they want lots of feedback. They want lots of flexibility. And, mm-hmm. um, I think that's a good thing. Right. And you also mentioned freedom. So, um, yeah, they like to do it. They like to do things their way. Right. Their way. Um, now, now let me say that that's not the same as, as, uh, well, I, I I'm going to paint this car blue, even though you ask for it green, that's not the same thing. Uh, what, what their way is, is they want you to say, we'd like you to get this. We want the, here's the result we want go get it. They okay. don't want you to tell them, follow these 16 steps in this order. Right. So uh, I would imagine that's a, a, a leader who is a micromanager, who is not, breathing not down the neck of their workers, who yep. tell them, do it this way, this is A, B, C, D, E, is going to have problems with millennials. Am I correct on that? And let me just say, um, shouldn't we have been there already? This is what I'm talking about when, I'm say, when I say the millennials are, are taking us where we probably should have gone anyway. Right, right. Um, you also mentioned to me about matrix training. Um, I, what does that mean, and how is that? How can managers use that? You know, that's the dumbest name I've ever heard. I don't know why they named it that, but it just simply means that millennials want to be trained on their time in their when they need to be trained. Millennials don't like, 
I, I didn't like it either, and you probably didn't like it either. But millennials are being insistent about saying, look, don't train me about, on something that I may, may never uh, do. Don't train me on something that I'm not going to do for another six months. But when I'm right ready to use the information, that's when I want you to give it to me. That's smart. I think that's brilliant. And, and so smart bosses will uh, probably go to computer-based training, web-based mm-hmm. training, so mm-hmm. when, when I need it, I can go get it. I can get it on my time, on my terms, when I want it. That's good. Well, you know, you're talking about just-in-time, whether it's just-in-time training, just-in-time coaching, just-in-time feedback. Um, and I would, you know, from the perspective of someone who does uh, consulting in organizations and works with leaders and, and, and managers, um, I think this is a good thing. You know, um, would you agree that this just in time is is not is not only good for the millennials, but for um, the rest of the workforce? Absolutely. And that's why I say that the millennials are taking us where we probably should have already gone. Okay, Um, And let's see. um, So we've talked about how managers can respond to millennials. And you said that. and I don't think I hope it's, uh, people don't take it negatively that millennials have a reputation as having a sense of entitlement and a lack of professionalism. But I disagree with that. I mean, I think they will be they are professional, but they want to work in their own way um, and in their own time. So how can you know what can we do about this? How can managers better respond to get to? Um, to, to their need for feedback, flexibility, or freedom. And why I think that's important is you're seeing a lot of young um, uh, uh, young workers who are saying, I don't want to work in a company. I'm going to go out and, and do my own thing. Um, I'm going to be a virtual entrepreneur. I'm going to start my own business. So how does management work with these millennials? Yeah, I'm going to be my own boss, and I'm going to make my start my own company. And by the way, I'm going to live in my parents' basement. <laughs> well, that may be for the beginning, but but the focus is, uh, Scott. What? How can managers? What can managers do? How can they be more effective? Well, you have a tremendous pool of energy and talent, and mm-hmm. if you'll listen to them and invite them, you know there there's got there's a happy medium between not listening to your employees and having a open door policy 24 mm-hmm. 7 mm-hmm. there are some happy happy mediums and it's important that we find what those are right uh, you've got you have a, a workforce that is poorly trained their math skills are awful their english skills are awful if we can use the word well, you know what, Scott? We're going to take a quick break now. I hate to interrupt you, but it's time for a break. And uh, this is Marsha Zidle, your Smart Moves coach. You're listening to The Business Edge. And when Scott returns, we're going to be looking at how do you sell to these millennials and what kind of consumers they're going to be. So uh, stay tuned. America Business Network, the bottom line in business. 
Where will your business be five years from now? Will you be soaring or just getting by? Of course you want to grow and prosper, but with growth comes bigger headaches. More hiring, more capital, more customers to satisfy, more plates to juggle, more stress, and more demands on your time. Yes, there is a solution. It's the Smart Growth System, created by Marsha Zeidel, executive coach to business leaders. It will give you the tools to take the growing pains out of growth. Get a free consultation and assessment from Marsha, M-A-R-C-I-A, at smartmovescoach.com. There's a saying, if you do what you've always done, you'll get what you've always gotten. Are you satisfied with what you're getting? Are you ready to get something different? To get the business edge, bring Marsha Zeidel, the Smart Moves author and professional speaker, to your next meeting, conference, or retreat. What you get is more than just stories and motivation. Marsha delivers big ideas with big impact to fast-track your business and your leadership. Schedule your next keynote or presentation now at Marsha, M-A-R-C-I-A, at smartmovescoach.com. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You are tuned into The Business Edge with Marsha Zidal. To reach Marsha or her guests on today's show, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You can also send us an email to Marsha at smartmovescoach.com. Now, back to The Business Edge. Welcome back to The Business Edge. This is Marsha Zotto, your Smart Moves Coach. And my guest is Scott Gross, and he is giving us insights into how to sell, serve, and stand out with the millennials. So, Scott, let's move on to millennials as consumers, as buyers. Uh, what do millennials, um, what do they mean? What does the millennial consumer mean for business? Well, you've got to understand that the millennial, millennial consumer is the most educated, knowledgeable uh, consumer ever in history. Mm-hmm. They know more. They know more about your product. They know. They know all about your price structure. They know about your. They know. They know all those things. Mm-hmm. And so, if you if you try to serve them with a untrained uh, sales staff, they're going to eat your lunch. <laughs> so you're saying that your sales staff have to be up to up to speed. They they can't like what we used to say, uh, fake it until you make it. Um, am I correct on that? They have to be really good, right? You're very correct on that. And, and as a matter of fact, what we have said, what we've discovered is, is that uh, when a millennial millennial wants you to, uh, to intervene, to, to participate in the in the purchasing process, they want you to know your stuff. They want you to know more than they do. Otherwise, they don't want you, they don't want you around at all. They want you to disappear. They want you to be invisible. That's why I named the, the, the book Invisible, because after that trait. Millennials say, when I want you, I want you. And when I don't, disappear. <laughs> you also talked about bundle and unbundle. What does that mean? You know, that comes right along with uh, this idea of a knowledgeable consumer. The, the millennial consumer knows that there are, there are costs involved for training, there are costs involved for trans, transportation, shipping, uh, there, are costs, there, there are costs involved for, for customizing and personalizing, and so they they are going to ask you to unbundle it. Don't don't give me service when I don't want it, but when I want the service, uh, and you're going to charge me for my service, I'll pay for it. But by golly, your service ought to be good enough 
to sell or for me to buy, as the, as the case may be. And, you know, what comes to my mind is um, if you have cable, for example, um, there are 500 channels. Do we, does anyone really listen to the uh, or view the 500 channels? Um, you know, uh, the, in fact, I, I heard where uh, there's a new company on the block, and I wish I could remember the name, that is going to have uh, what, what used to be called the cafeteria style, which is you choose which stations you want and you pay just for those stations. So I think this is what you're talking about, isn't it, yep, Scott? That's, unbund that's unbundling, all right. Uh, if, a, if, some, if, a, if a millennial buys a mattress and you have free delivery, they're going to say to you, um, knock 50 bucks off. I've got a pickup truck. I'll take it home myself. They're going to want you to unbundle that delivery service. Right, right. Um, you also talk about uh, um, tangibilize. What does that mean? Yeah, I'll ask you a rhetorical question. If you do something for a customer and the customer doesn't know that you did it, did you do it? Hmm. Uh, we could argue, could argue that all day. But the, but the point is is that if you do something for a customer and they don't know that you did it, uh, you've added to the cost, but you didn't add to the value. Ah. The customer only knows that there's, there's a value here if you tell them about it. Uh, I had a fried chicken franchise for many years, and one day I, had a, um, I was in the, in the dining room, and a guy took a bite of chicken, and he said, this is the best chicken I ever, um, I ever, ate, ever tasted. And the other guy... Mm -hmm said, you know, that you're right, that is great chicken. Do you want to know why it's so good? And the first one said, no, why is it so good? He said, because they marinated for 22 hours for flavor all the way to the bone. They cut it fresh in the cooler every morning, and that's why it tastes so good. Now, how did he know that? He knew that because at the end of every one of my commercials, I said, where it's fresh, never frozen, marinated for 22 hours for flavor all the way to the bone and cut by hand in our cooler every morning. I told him. It's, uh, I think the example I, I often use is back in the 60s and 70s when you went into these cheap hotels, they had a band of paper on the toilet seat. Do you mm -hmm. remember what it said? It said, sanitize for your protection. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Did they sanitize it? I don't know. But you felt better sitting there because they told you, I did this. Now, if they didn't tell you that they did it, it, it would only add to the cost, not the value. So it's very important that, that business people get good at saying, by the way, did you know that uh, so-and-so here who served you today has a, a cer certification in whatever, engine repair or whatever? Right. You've got to tell them. Okay. So you're saying tell them what your value is. Don't assume they know your value. Tell them. Am I correct on that? You, you've got to get really good at selling benefits, not features. Right, right, right. And even now, the uh, benefits is that the terminology is value. What value do you bring to your to your customer? Why should they uh, uh, purchase your product? Why should they uh, visit your store? Why should they, uh, uh, you know, uh, eat in your restaurant? Because there's so much competition out there. So I think you're really saying this is a way to differentiate yourself by telling the, the customer or, um, what they're getting and, and the value they're getting. Is, is that what and, you're saying? Well, let me just ask you a question. Is that, mm -hmm. any different? is that any different than we should have been doing all along? No. No. Now, I'm just, you know, we're just, I think the millennials just give us a little bit of, of urgency on it. But all of this is really stuff we should have been doing anyway. 
So I think you're saying, even though there are these stereotypes of the millennials as maybe, um, you know, uh, whatever, you know, what you said earlier, some negative things, they are really, they are upping the, the service uh, by, by w- what they're wanting. They are upping the service and what I would also say managers um, um, ability to, to manage. So in that way, I think, you know, they're doing good. And maybe that's why you're saying they're the, um, th- they're the greatest generation. I think you're right. Exactly so. Okay, um, let's move on because, um, you know, we're, we're focusing on the millennial customers and many of the listeners here are your business owners. Um, what do millennials want from their shopping experience? Well, I'll give, them, give that to you David Letterman style. Uh, we'll start with, I'll give you the five things that consumers, not just millennials, but consumers want from a a sales and service experience. The number five thing they want is they want a fast finish. Mm -hmm. Consumers today are telling us is that they're they're really in one of two moods. They're in the buying mood or they're in the leaving mood. And Mm -hmm. once the customer is in the leaving mood, you're wasting your time trying to sell them stuff. Mm -hmm. You just irritate them. So they want a fast finish. Once we've decided that, it, that we're not going to buy anything else, then I want convenient parking. I want a quick checkout, whatever the case may be. I want a fast finish. Okay. The what's number, number, what's number, number four? Number four thing, they want you to be easy and convenient to do business with. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, they want you to make – what consumers are saying is if I'm going to take my valuable time and come down to your store, then you'd better make it worth it. Mm-hmm. The number three thing they want is they want a price that represents a value. We've been talking about this. They're not saying, I want a low price. Consumers are not going to nickel and dime you to death if you can tangibilize, if you can say this is what you're getting, if you put some meat to the value. So they're saying, I want a price that represents a value. The number two thing that consumers want from a sales and service uh, transaction is they want to be served by people who are likable. Not necessarily like them. Uh, older folks, they don't want it. They don't want you to, to wait on them if you got tattoos and and uh, and piercings. Younger people, they don't care. They just want to know who you are. So they want friendly people, people that I could like. The number one thing consumers want from a service transaction is they want to deal with somebody who knows what they're doing, can answer their questions without, and and that adds value as well. Right. Um, so, you know, it's what your, your five top things that uh, millennials want. It seems to me that they're the top five things that most customers want. You're um, exactly right. So this is not just for millennials. This is for anyone who comes into your establishment or goes t- to purchase something online or whatever. They want that fast finish, as you said. They want it, it to be easy to do business with. Uh, they want value. Uh, they want someone who's likable. Now we can decide what likable is, and um, they um, and w- what was that number one um, that they you want, said? They want knowledgeable, available sales staff. Knowledgeable, available sales staff. Yes. Okay, staff. Um, 
you know, we have just a couple minutes more, and because this is your expertise service, what else can you tell uh, the listeners about how how can they give better service, whether it's millennials or whether it's just boomers or anyone else out there? Well, I think when it all boils down to it, people want to be they want to be made to feel good, okay. and whatever you do to make them feel good, whatever you can do do to treat them as a individual, unique human being. Um, if you look at the millennials with their tattoos, all they're doing is customizing. They're saying, I want to be different. So uh-huh. somebody's saying here, I want to be different. It would be smart thinking on your part to, uh, to treat them as a, as a unique individual. Well, on that note, why don't we take another break? And my guest is uh, Scott uh, gross and he'll and when he returns he's going to tell you about how to contact him and um, and other things that uh, you can uh, purchase his book and um, and find out more about what he has to offer so uh, it's time for a short break this is Marsha's Idol your smart moves coach stay tuned America Business Network, the bottom line in business. There's a saying, if you do what you've always done, you'll get what you've always gotten. Are you satisfied with what you're getting? Are you ready to get something different? To get the business edge, bring Marsha Zidal, the smart moves author and professional speaker, to your next meeting, conference, or retreat. What you get is more than just stories and motivation. Marsha delivers big ideas with big impact to fast-track your business and your leadership. Schedule your next keynote or presentation now at Marsha, M-A-R-C-I-A, at smartmovescoach.com. Where will your business be five years from now? Will you be soaring or just getting by? Of course you want to grow and prosper, but with growth comes bigger headaches. More hiring, more capital, more customers to satisfy, more plates to juggle, more stress, and more demands on your time. Yes, there is a solution. It's the Smart Growth System, created by Marsha Zidal, executive coach to business leaders. It will give you the tools to take the growing pains out of growth. Get a free consultation and assessment from Marsha, M-A-R-C-I-A, at smartmovescoach.com. The business community's first choice in Internet Talk Radio, Voice America Business Network. You are tuned into The Business Edge with Marsha Zidal. To reach Marsha or her guests on today's show, please call 1 866 472 5790. That's 1 866 472 5790. You can also send us an email to Marsha at smartmovescoach.com. Now, back to The Business Edge. Welcome back to The Business Edge. And we've been hearing uh, Scott Gross talk about the millennial generation. Well, Scott, um, you've given some great ideas and great, great information. How, if people want to contact you, how can they contact you? Oh, I'm easy to catch. It's just tscottgross.com, and uh, I'm right there, fat, dumb, and happy. And um, do you have things to offer to um, uh, to listeners? Anything that you would like them to do, or um, 
purchase or anything like that? Oh, just send me a check. We don't worry about what, what you get in, in the <laughs> Just a big check. Um, no, actually, I, probably you want to you read the book uh, Invisible. Okay. But also my, my first book, which was uh, Positively Outrageous Service, that, that has been uh, sold worldwide in a bunch of different languages, about 300,000 copies. And it's sort of a, it is a, a management classic. It's, it's, uh, it, it is, it's the customer service Bible of a lot of big corporations. And so you might as well join the crowd. Well, you know, thank you so much for your time and for the great information, Scott. And I hope people will uh, go and contact you and purchase your books. Thank you. It's time for Marsha's Musings, a tasty morsel of wisdom and wit to take the growing pains out of growth. Listeners, how engaged are your people? Did you know that 50% of workers today would rather be someplace else? And another 20% take out their frustration every day and may be doing more harm than good. That's 70% of employees who may be disengaged. Not good for your business, not good for productivity, and not good for your growth. So how do you engage them? In other words, how, how do you get them to be like the Energizer Bunny that keeps on going? Here are three ways. First, communicate the importance of what they do. Every manager should be able to state a meaningful purpose for his department and the work that is being done. Here's a short statement that was developed by a manager by her five-person benefits group. Quote, benefits are about people. It's not whether you have the forms filled in or whether the checks are written. It's whether the people are cared for when, they, when they're sick and helped when they're in trouble. You see, that statement by the manager focuses on the end result, serving people, rather than on the means or the process, completing forms. How well do you communicate the importance of what's being done in your department? Number two, tap into the importance of involvement. There may be no single motivational tactic more powerful than asking for people's input. An accounting manager presented a list of customer complaints at a staff meeting. She then broke the group into teams to find ways to eliminate the service glitches. The outcome was this. First, it brought the customer to the center of the department's day-to-day -day operations. Second, it led to greater buy-in when changes had to be made in a process, policy, or procedure. And finally, it said to everyone that they and their ideas are valued. So listeners, what can you do to get your people involved in continuous improvement? How can they become the Energizer buzz Bunny? And number three, recognize the importance of recognition. The mo motto of many managers is, why would I need to think Thank someone for doing something he's paid to do. Workers repeatedly tell me with great feeling how much they appreciate a compliment. 
They also report to me how distressed they are when their boss is quick to criticize mistakes, but never acknowledge good work. Recognition does not have to be in the form of fancy awards or even bonuses. A lot can be gained by a manager doing simple things that cost almost nothing, but they can pay off substantially in terms of employee engagement and discretionary effort. The difference between what employees must do to keep their jobs and what they are truly capable of contributing. So listeners, Take heed of this smart moves tip for the week. Money gets people in the door, but it doesn't keep them engaged to go that extra mile. For your employees to commit to and achieve great things, they need to experience purpose, recognition, and involvement. Great managers know that just by doing these three things, they will create engaged employees who are working together to do great things. Listeners, did you know that sometimes a jelly donut or a handshake is as effective as a bonus? However, what is one person's carrot is another's yucky yellow vegetable. Get 50 ways to engage your best people and not break the bank. Contact me at Marcia, M-A-R-C-I-A, at smartmovescoach.com or call 972-380-9181. You're listening to Marsha Zidal, the Smart Moves Coach, making sure you're on the right track and not getting sidetracked in your drive for high performance and profitability. Next week's program is... Alligators in the swamp, are you aware of the hidden dangers in your technology? One of the greatest threats facing businesses and organizations today is not robbery, not burglary, not uh, workplace violence or random, random terrorism. It's electronic theft or damage from hackers, malware, and even unscrupulous competitors. Brad Wollinger, CEO of Century Network Services, will discuss ways that these would-be evildoers misrepresent, misstate, and mislead. He'll also show us how we can protect ourselves and our organizations from these dangers. Tune in Wednesday, October 2nd at 11 a.m. Pacific and 2 Eastern. Now, here's another Smart Moves tip. Lead change before you have to. Your job is to help people get on board the change train before, not after, it leaves the station. People want to know these three things. One, where are we going? Two, why are we going there? And three, how are we going to get there? Most people don't resist change as much as they resist being changed with no idea of the what, the way, the where, and the how. That's your job as a leader. I'll end with my favorite saying, there are three kinds of people in this world. Those who make it happen, those who let it happen, and those who asked, what happened? Which one are you? If you're highly motivated to make it happen, let me help you make it happen. Call me now for a free consult at 972 
480-980-9181 or email Marcia, M-A-R-C-I-A at smartmovescoach.com. Thank you for listening. Tune in every week, 11 Pacific, 2 Eastern, for the Business Edge with Marsha Zeidel, the Smart Moves Executive Coach and Speaker, helping entrepreneurs and business leaders take their company, firm, or practice to that next level with less stress and more success. In other words, how to take the growing pains out of growth, innovate, improve, ignite, or die, make smart moves. Tune in next week. been listening to The Business Edge with Marsha Zeidel. Please join us again next Wednesday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel and enjoy taking your business to the next level. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.